Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are. It's another week and another podcast for you tech sellers and future tech sellers listening out there. This week's kind of one that kind of popped up at the last minute, and we decided we were going to inject it into our series of, of all the podcasts we've been doing. And we couldn't come up with a great name, uh, but you've already seen it on your screen. So this week we're calling this podcast Girl Scout Cookies and Cold Calling. Um, I have... I've noticed a few things that I started talking with Brian about, and it blows my mind how "quote unquote" lazy some of these Girl Scouts are being as they try to sell me Girl Scout cookies. And I think it really does resonate to some of the stuff we talked about the last couple of weeks, as we talked about creating opportunity. Um, and so I'll just ask the question, Brian: Have you bought? It's Girl Scout cookie season. Have you bought any Girl Scout cookies this year, Brian? I am always very tempted, but I, I typically am not a, a Girl Scout cookie consumer. But I'm sure your wife or you've had some Girl Scout cookies in the past, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But so, not this year. There you go. And they're, that's because they're getting lazy, Brian. Uh, maybe not all <laughs> of them. But I, I would say there's there's been a few things that made me think back to, to what was resonating with me and, and all these signs and things I've been seeing about Girl Scout cookies lately. First off... Uh, I see on my Facebook feed that a bunch of people want me to buy Girl Scout cookies. And it's not the kids that are asking me to buy them. It's the parents of the kids that are asking me to buy them. Um, and it it, it kind of resonates that the social selling that everybody's been talking about, Brian, if all you got to do is do some LinkedIn posts and post things on Facebook and you'll never have to sell again in tech. Have you heard anything similar to that? It, You know, it's really it, these there are a number of tools now that can do the auto post to LinkedIn with, you know, interesting articles and it, it's, um, I mean, LinkedIn isn't, it's decent, but it's not, it's decent for prospecting for sure. But if, if we think a post is going to generate some sort of, uh, sales opportunity for us, uh, that would be a first. It's almost like it's, it, it's been cluttered with these generic marketing posts that are just being clearly being auto posted from the marketing team that's been attached to the sales reps LinkedIn account. And it, you know, they're kind of like they get three likes or something and you just kind of move on. It's really kind of embarrassing. No doubt. And I, while I use LinkedIn and I've written some articles and it's probably helped me, it's not, I'm not banking on that being my way of selling all my cookies that I'm supposed to sell. And then I, I, uh, I saw this uh, sign in my subdivision that, which it was almost in correlation right after I must have seen a Facebook post post. It looked almost like a realtor sign very professionally made this wasn't a piece of cardboard with a girl a girl scouts cookie handwriting on there it was an adult like an adult had made this sign and uh it said if you want girl scout cookies come down to 1313 such and such drive and get your girl scout cookies on and i was just thinking my lord there's there's somebody who's been teaching this girl scout cookie sales rep that if they put up a sign and they say, come buy from me, that they're going to make their number. Now, we all these Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and baseball teams and everything else, they probably have some quota, very much like a real sales rep. And mommy and daddy either cover the quota or the kids go sell the cookies. And unfortunately, my mind, when I saw that, was like, that's two in a row. And this is exactly how 
we are coddling sales reps in the industry and giving them these ideas that if they post a sign and tell them to come to me, like uh, send out a million invites maybe to a lunch and learn right. and just hope that it gets filled up. What, what other, what other kind of signs have you, have you seen people do where they've put their sign up and hope people can? Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like spray and pray. So like a, a Marketo email campaign where you're just sending out a thousand emails or uh, a LinkedIn approach approach or buying a booth at a, at some sort of event. Right. Um, yeah, all seem like uh, good strategy at the time. Like when you're thinking about it, like, oh yeah, we're going to completely automate my LinkedIn posts or we're going to uh, generate this beautifully crafted email with three paragraphs and in a shaky call to action, or we're going to spend $3,000 on a booth at this event. All seem like sound strategies, but uh, rarely do they pay off. Well, out of that list he just gave, the booth is like closest to a good one, actually. Not not a great one, but the one that I've actually used. You know, you've seen a kid with their candy bars or cookies in front of an Ace Hardware or a Walmart or something where they're kind of catching. They got a, a select audience that is right there going in and out and more guilting people into buying cookies, if anything. But um, at least the kids are there making some of that effort. And I just... I put those things together and I thought, you know what, we need to do an episode and we need to talk about that cold calling isn't dead. Sales hustle isn't dead and compare some of these examples with Girl Scout cookies, the way I've been approached or been, been, uh, I guess, attempted to be sold to this year from a Girl Scouts, Girl Scout cookies perspective and play that into some of the things that I had been seeing around uh, the lack of creating some opportunity. So you haven't bought cookies yet this year. I haven't bought cookies yet this year. And I tell you, if somebody came to my door right now and it was a Girl Scout and she had a box of cookies or a cookie sheet, I would give that girl four, somewhere between four and 10 bucks. I assume there's still two, two to 50 a box. Just would, for the hustle alone? I would part ways with $10 yeah. just because they actually came to my door. And I know I wouldn't mind a Thin Mint in a few weeks or a, a Caramel Delight. Yum, yum. A little bit of coconut in there. But it would be more for the hustle. It would be more to, to, to praise her. I think it's been less than 10 days. I bought a book of coupons from a Boy Scout in front of the Ace Hardware. I did that for hustle. I did that because my son was with me, and the boy, man, he was struggling to talk to me. But he did what his parents told him to do. He stood there with his chest out, and he asked me if I wanted to buy one, and I bought, as my wife would say, a $10 coupon book that had nothing in it of value. Man, I absolutely love that. I um when we were living in England there, we had, uh, these two, uh, young men came by. I mean, they must've been like late teenagers or whatever hustling's like selling stuff. And they, we, I ended up buying these tea towels from them, which is basically like just a kitchen towel <clears throat> and overpaid for them, of course. But I still have, I still see those tea towels and it's, it reminds me of that hustle, right? Like I love that hustle. Well, I was thinking as part of this episode and a part of what I had seen, you know, my sales days go much further back than I've ever talked about on this episode. Um, there used to be two big newspapers in Houston. One was the Houston Chronicle, which is still in business, and there was the Houston Post. The Chronicle bought the Post decades ago, but I used to go door-to-door and sell the Post, and I did pretty good. I sold a lot, and I cringe to think of those people coming to my door today, um, and I cringe to think I'd let my 15-year-old son go knocking door-to-door in another neighborhood now, but back in those days, it was pretty common, and and that that hustle was important uh, to make a sale, and it's no less important today. I guess is my point. 
and the, and you have to go out there and make that effort. And and I think that effort is rewarded, right? Customers today in tech feel they have the internet. They they can do all the research they want to do, but they can't compare and contrast. They're not going to get a good story unless a team of people work hard. And we've we've tried to teach everyone how to do that in previous episodes and stuff, but Think back to when you have bought Girl Scout cookies or when you bought those tea towels or you've bought dish towels or whatever it is you've bought. You're driving around listening to this podcast. You've bought it from people who were selling it to you. You didn't respond to an ad. Maybe if you're really young and you have a friend who asked you on Facebook, you you bought some. But didn't you do that because you wanted something else? I mean, that wasn't because you wanted the Girl Scout cookies. There was some ulterior motive there probably of some sort. Or you wanted to make sure you were seen for buying those. But if a girl or a boy or, or they come to my door and they want to sell me something, I'm going to probably buy it. That's definitely a cold call. That's definitely the hustle. The In front of a store, they're going to get me one out of three times, Brian, maybe one out of five times. I'm going to, my wife always says, just tell them we already bought it. I'm not picking on you, honey, but she's, you know, tell them we already bought it. You don't have to buy it. Um, but I want to reward that hustle, right? And then there's a couple other ways. What are your thoughts, Brian? Well, I think the um, talking about like kind of rewarding the effort because that's really what when I'm buying the tea towels, I'm rewarding the effort. When you're buying the Girl Scout cookies, if if you already have five boxes in the pantry and you're going to be giving these away anyway, you're rewarding the effort. <clears throat> but I think what the correlation to this from a cold call perspective is that um, we we talk about the kind of a value hypothesis and doing the pre research ahead. The customers appreciate the fact that when we're, when we are doing the research, doing the work, and getting prepared, even if we're getting it wrong, right? Like even if uh, the value hypothesis is off, and like the strategic initiatives they were able to accomplish one of them, so it's no no longer relevant. They appreciate the fact that you put in the effort to get it done. No doubt, and I think there's other a few other ways that would entice me, and they're more relationship based right which i think we've made clear we don't believe is the greatest way to sell but if i if i go to work and a friend a good friend has a child who's buying selling it and they've got a slip of paper i would do it by proxy right maybe through a vendor relationship uh, or a reseller relationship like that i'd buy from a friend uh, because his or her kids are trying to sell it um there there's just there's just too many correlations to the to the lack of people knocking on my door, Girl Scouts knocking on my door, and what I think's happening in the in the tech sales world from what I'm seeing from afar right now, where we're just not doing enough to create that create that opportunity. So, what if those tactics? The, there's a few other tactics I've seen that are blowing me away. Um, I walked up to a counter. I don't know what know what it was, but I want to think it was a car wash. I don't know why I think it was, but I think it was a car wash where I walked up to the car wash to pay for my car wash. And there was a piece of paper, like normal ruled paper, taped to the car wash thing that said, if you want cookies, if you want Girl Scout cookies, let Jeannie know and she'll give them to you. It was like, it was mostly probably for employees or friends of the store, but probably not going to ask Jeannie for any Girl Scout cookies, right? Um, the sign in my subdivision was was a shocker for me. And then the friend's Facebook posts uh, aren't going to get much reaction either unless I need something from them. So how do we think of selling Girl Scout cookies? We talked about knocking on the door, but the hustle is the most important thing. Whether it's a call, whether it's knocking on the door, I would even say if all those Facebook post people 
their child called me on the phone, I'd probably buy a cookie from every one of them. Uh, if the child was making the effort, I would buy the cookies from them. Uh, the Facebook post does not get me too excited about buying cookies from them. I don't think I'm going to do any kind of work based on a sign in someone's yard that says, come buy me, come buy some cookies from me. Thoughts, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think th- this touches on a concept of uh, kind of warm calling. And that's where you establish contact with a prospect before you call them or send them an email like whatever kind of means you're going to use to reach out to them. And sometimes it's a social message. Sometimes it's an email and then it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a phone call, then the message, then the email. It's all about kind of multi, multi-touched and then letting them know that you're using these other channels to reach out to them. And I think to your point, if, if they said, um, if you saw a link on a, a post on Facebook that said, Hey, my, my, my kid is um, about to start the uh, selling cookies uh, just a heads up, she's going to be giving you a call. You know, uh, it's 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 coming in the next week. Like, and you saw an unknown number coming in. I, I don't know about you, but I'd be w- way more willing to like hear them out and let them pitch and that kind of stuff. Now that's maybe, you know, uh, different than, clearly that's different than like enterprise sales, what we're talking about here. But there is definitely a really strong correlation being, being able to uh, hit somebody up on LinkedIn with a very targeted specific message that's well-researched hitting them up on email and say, I'm going to follow up this with a call at Wednesday at 2 p.m. That kind of multi-touch campaign is far less about cold calling and it's way more about warm calling. And it, and it can, it's, it's far more consistent too. better return. No doubt. I would even say if that sign said, Bobby, my daughter wants to say some cookies, it might change my mind a little bit, right? It's just that wide net that's just too wide that doesn't get the results that we all expect. And we've probably all tried something. Uh, I'm not shooting you down for trying something, but the the lack of effort is probably not going to get you the results you want. And the one that I think about the most is the timing aspect of this. And the fact that uh, I can remember selling chocolate bars, I think, for baseball. Man, those bars were good, like chocolate with almonds in them or something. Oh, the best. The uh, best. World's best. I think they are called world's best. They're not a sponsor. They still sell them at all the hardwares. Dude, yeah, they, they all sell them at the hardware. That's because all their kids are trying to, to win, so uh, they're selling them for their kids. But the timing, to, to I, one year, man, they had like a, I want to say a remote control car or something that took like you had to sell a thousand bars if you wanted this remote control car for free. And I was going to get that dang remote control car for free. So I knocked doors all over my subdivision. I ended up selling like 60 bars, not even close to the thousand bars I needed to sell. But I didn't start midway through the season. You know, I got my box of chocolate on the day one of the baseball season. And on that afternoon, I was out knocking on doors, selling things. I do believe timing is important. And the girls and Girl Scouts that win the, the selling contest, they started selling on day one. I think we've talked a lot about it. Don't wait till the end of the quarter to try and make up your number. Don't wait till the end of the year. Start early. But I, I'm just – I'm pretty shocked at how many correlations there's been in the last 48 hours to four days of me thinking about how bad the Girl Scout cookie sales effort is in my subdivision or around me that I haven't even had a real chance to buy one unless I did all the work. And I wonder how many customers that we think about and want to sell to feel the same way I feel right now, meaning they they have needs, they have things they want to solve business problems with, but no one's putting in that sales hustle. What do you think it is? I think that I think there's two things. I think we've I think 
from the people that I know and the, the, the people in the roles that I've seen lately, they are in big companies that they're not being held accountable because the the managers are tired of beating them with a stick, right? There's not there's there, they, there's been so many carrots given for sales performance and sales results that the the teams are way overpaid. Their quotas are small because they they not had it. And I know people on listening to this aren't going to believe it, but it's a lot easier um, to make your number in a big big salary than it was 20 years ago. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the raises because of inflation. I think, I think we've coddled and conjoined all these products to where we're going to sell a certain amount of it without effort. And it's been, it's been fairly easy, Brian. I could be wrong, but if if you work for a Dell or a Microsoft, you're going to get to the table. Um, I, I, I know it sounds like I walked uphill both ways in the snow here, but you go from a company like Microsoft and have 200 accounts, you can pretty much pick up the phone and get into any of them. Uh, the majority of them love you. There's a small majority of them that hate you and want to tell you they hate you. But go from that brand, that recognition, and then call them and say, hey, I'm Bobby from Sparkhound. And they've never heard of Sparkhound. They don't know who Sparkhound is. And it's a different sales approach, right? I mean, it's it's a lot harder. So when you say, what is it? I think that Maybe it's just the friends I have, but a lot of people work for great companies and they got great products and it's easy to sit back and wait to get brought into the table. Whereas if you work for a no name or a lower name, uh, on the totem pole, you, you gotta hustle. And I guess I come from that world of hustle. I think the, um, the biggest, the biggest, uh, measurement of success year to year to year. And we, we talked about this a few weeks ago is, uh, consistently prospecting while you're closing. And once you've closed enough over a period of time, and maybe it's, uh, maybe it was due to some really hard work up front, uh, prospecting that led you to those deals that you closed and you got a great commission on. <clears throat> it's far easier to, well, it's far more fun to work on deals than it is to pick up the phone and hammer away at it. But you can certainly see, like as Bobby, you and I have both managed salespeople over the years, the, the sales reps that don't give that up and they don't allow themselves to get comfortable, they, they're kind of always pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone to prospect and to make contacts and get rejected, to get back up, to get, you know, get going the next day, to get rejected again. Those people like build scar tissue up and they're consistently the top performers year after year after year. It's the people that like have a one hit year and thinks, okay, well, now it's all this knowledge I have that's going to lead to success in sales. And like knowledge is a part of the equation and it's a big part of the equation. But if you're desperate, that knowledge becomes worth very little and your hustle uh, will remain the most uh, important thing for having a good, consistent performance year after year after year. Well, that just brought up another thought to me. You know, there is this aspect of where the parents buy the 400 boxes of cookies like they don't even let their child or make their child go sell the cookies they just go ahead and buy uh, their quota and then some and then they take them to work and put a sign on them and say here's some cookies buy them and they probably end up selling 50 percent 70 percent let's just say they really miss their number and they end up having to throw a lot of that inventory away i think that i think that there's been some of that happen in the tech sales world as well where there's this this mass amount of run rate. Somebody like my parents are helping me get through this big part of my number, 
um, and then telling me I need to go sell it. And if I don't do it, it's it's not that terrible of a deal, right? 20 cookies, 20 boxes of cookies is left over at my house that I throw away some of them. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's not going to break the bank if I did that. And I think that in the real world of tech sales, there's a little bit of that leftover as well that mm-hmm. it's just getting swept under the rug. Um, and as we've talked about right lately, if somebody doubled our quota, we would go about trying to get to that number in a very different way than we do. And we would achieve different results for the business. So probably a corny analogy, but a very timely one and one that I just, I just had to inject in our, uh, podcast series here and say, look, girl scouts, uh, and Boy Scouts and whoever's selling stuff, you, you've probably got a little bit lazy if you're depending on your parents to post Facebook posts, put signs in the yard, and put numbers on their desks at work to sell those boxes of cookies for you. The best way to sell me a box of cookies is to knock on my door, show me a little bit of sales hustle, and you will be rewarded for that. That's to the kids, and the message to you tech sellers out there is going to be very similar. If you post something on LinkedIn, you hope I buy your product, or you send me something uh, via email that looks like a mailing list or some sort of a, an invite to an event to spend millions of dollars, or you, you ask your mom to call me, I'm probably not going to buy your stuff. So knock on my door, tell me a story, come talk to me, tell me the value of your products. That's what customers need you and want you to do. Um, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Average is the enemy. Average sucks. Don't be average. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.